0: where you can also learn more about working with me. Hi friend, and welcome to episode 83 of the Still Space podcast. Your character will outweigh any lie told about you. This is profoundly true. And we spend so much time worrying about what others think of us when that energy could be productively used understanding what we stand for and holding to it such that if we're wrong, we admit it. And if we're right, we're focused on getting it right more than being right. And if we're not sure, it's okay. We listen and wait. But let's start with the feeling. Who hasn't felt assaulted by somebody saying something unkind about them. That's human nature. We're afraid to be judged because then we might be ousted by our tribe and we'll be alone and then we can't survive when we're alone. That's what our thoughts tell us. But let's honor the pain first so that we can construct some new thoughts that are more productive. Let's honor the pain of what it feels like to be judged, to be criticized, to be put down, to be told that you're not good enough. And this can be absolutely gutting. I've experienced it many times in my life, especially having gone through a divorce. Anybody that's gone through any kind of transition knows what this feels like. You feel that you're not wanted, that you're not recognized for your value. It doesn't seem fair. So, all of these situations lead to feelings such as anger, frustration, unhappiness, sadness. And these are so uncomfortable that we cover them over and we try to overcompensate by, I'll just work harder. I'll just, whatever your default behavior is, it might be to withdraw, it might be to reach for a vice, which isn't healthy. I want you to be able to find the still space to work through what it will mean when you have the freedom to allow people their opinions. Now, in theory, that sounds great. That's your opinion. That won't hurt me. But it does hurt you. It's hurtful. It's very hurtful. Recently, I had a client who was struggling with a boss who, quote, didn't like her. She worried that the boss was telling colleagues about her bad things. A valid concern at work, right? Nobody wants to have a colleague undermining them at work. But this happens. If this hasn't happened to you, I'm happy for you. But I don't know anybody that hasn't had this happen to them. Sometimes the reason someone doesn't like you has more to do with their own head trash than anything you've done or could do. I know this because I have been coaching for a very long time. Mark my words. Write this down when I say it. Happy people don't hurt one another. Again, happy people don't hurt one another. Hurting people hurt others. You might be an others. And sometimes you might even be that hurting person that hurts others. Let's recognize that so that in the still space, you can reevaluate how you want to respond in situations. We've talked about the three R's in the past. The three R's when you're in a difficult situation is number one, retreat, do not react. Retreat. Number two, reflect on what is going on here. What am I afraid of? What is the truth of this situation? What is an assumption? And number three, respond, not react, respond appropriately. Now that retreat step might mean that you have to physically remove yourself from a situation, which is a great way to retreat, but if you're sitting in a meeting with other executive leaders, that's not possible. You have to manage and self-regulate the thoughts in your head with a very deep breath. In, blow out anything that doesn't belong. If it's two breaths, that's okay. Breathe in, breathing out anything that doesn't belong there. And a go-to phrase might be, I need to think about this for a little bit. Can I get back to you by the end of the day? if you're not prepared to respond appropriately, you may always say that. And if you are feeling pressed to say something in the moment, it's okay after you've retreated and taken the time to reflect to think out loud. And what that might sound like is this, you know, as I process this initially, I feel a little bit defensive, but the more I think about it, I realize that what you're trying to do is insert what you think that their goal is because their goal is not to bring you down their real goal is to succeed to have whatever goal met to be better understood to position themselves for whatever it is they need so you're 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 thinking out loud and then you're coming to a aligned agreement to collaboration in the moment so if we work together, I what I see we could do, the opportunities are, and so you're showing people your humility. That is okay only to do after you've retreated, taken two deep breaths, released anything that doesn't belong there, all of those difficult emotions, and can respond appropriately. People who are mean are that way with others, not just you. So if somebody's being difficult to you, they're being difficult to other people but we personalize it. See, we make it about us. The world is not about us. When we can find the still space to take a deep breath, we realize we are all connected human beings. We are all connected creatures in this world. Don't make everything about you. This person is struggling themselves. Now, yes, they're bringing down a lot of angst and discomfort on you, But try and make the world a little broader than the flashlight just on you. People see them for who they are. What do you want people to see in you? Let no man bring you low enough that you will hate them. That is a direct quote from Martin Luther King. Let no man bring you low enough that you will hate them. That only strips you of your executive presence, and you've got this. You know what you're doing. You're strong in your values, in your convictions, in your strengths. And if you don't know what those are, revisit them so that you can remind yourself that you are strong and how strong you are. You can't change a mean calling, but you can ask them. I'd like to have a better working relationship with you. What would that look like? That takes people down. It dials down the anger immediately because now they realize that you are calling them out for not being easy to work with. I'd like to have a better working relationship with you. What would that look like? And most difficult people don't know how to answer that question because they are unhappy. They want you to be unhappy, which is why they're pushing that off on you. And they don't have something specific that you need to do to earn their ease. And then you're going to continue to press the same issue a different way well, if I were getting this right, what exactly would I be doing? So now if I listen to you, what I understand is you want this done and when would you like that done by? And how should I prioritize that in addition to these other things? Where do you see that following? So now you're actually pinning them down. So the next time they want to be difficult with you, they know you're going to come back and do this. It's not A conflict when you do this. You've found the still space before you go there and have this conversation. I am going to have this person define exactly what it is that I need to do so I don't have to continually feel like I'm not meeting the mark. I'm going to have them tell me what the mark is. Now, again, when you call them on this and you say, I'd like to have a better working relationship with you, what would that look like? This may shock them and they may stammer And they might not be able to formulate an answer. And you can come alongside and shepherd them and suggest examples of what that may look like. So the next time they have some problem with you, you just bring out the agreement that you just made. Well, I remember when we spoke last time, you said that this was what you were looking for. That's what I've been working on. And they will find somebody else to pick on because you are going to be too wise to allow them to box you into a corner because you know how to get out of that corner with specifics. Remain true to who you are. Take a deep breath when you feel threatened and remember who that person is. Remember your strengths. Draw on whatever it is that brings you strength. If it's your faith, if it's your spirituality, if it's your knowledge of what it is that you are a genius at doing, draw on those things. Your mindful practices, deep breath, patterned breathing, in for a count of five, hold for a count of five, exhale for a count of five, say to yourself, calm for a count of five. That's called the four fives. In for five, hold for five, out for five, calm, two, three, four, five. Allow angry, emotionally immature and less professional people their hostility. Don't take it on. They're trying to shed their discomfort onto you. We've talked about this before. You are the target logo. You are the red center of the red and white target logo. All of the outside influences that can influence you are the white circle around that red dot. Those two colors do not bleed together to pink. You are red. They are white. If they are angry, they do not get into the red. They can be angry out here all on their own. You are centered in who you are. And then, of course, the outside red ring is everything else that's out there, the job, the responsibilities, the goals, etc. But you are a constant. There's a boundary between you and other people's anger, their selfishness, their discomfort with situations, even their sadness, whatever it is, these things are out there. They don't become you. You are you and they are them. Allow them their emotions. Respect that. Allow them to be theirs. They're not yours. They're not yours. Let them have it. They can have those emotions all to themselves. While you take constructive feedback, you listen for the nuggets of what they're telling you because that's how you're going to interact with them. And this is how you will show up next time by only relating to what the previous conversation, difficult people, you're only going to relate to the commitments that you had with them in previous conversations. You're not looking for affirmation from them. They will never give it to you. You do not go to them trying to win them over. That's never going to happen. That's just going to give them power over you. But the person that maligns you, is somebody that you need to have a direct conversation with. Now, I remember early on in one of my roles, somebody had something very negative to say about what my office was doing that wasn't true. It just wasn't true. And a colleague heard this in an auditorium where she said it in front of 200 people. And this is how I dealt with it. I made an appointment with her and I told her why I was coming to see her. And so she knew before I even came in the door what this was about. So she had a chance to prepare. And she thought we were going to have an argument, I'm sure, over this. And all I said was, I was told that you said this. All I want to know is, is that true? And she was very sheepish and looking down and... She had to admit it because, of course, it was witnessed by 200 people in an auditorium. So knowing that we were going to have this meeting, I had prepared ahead of time a full document that proved what she had said was not true. She and I could have had an argument over this, and that will have accomplished nothing. I had one goal in that meeting, and that was for her to never make the mistake of telling a lie about my department again. And how did I do that? On the paper, I had one piece of data after another that disproved what she said. And again, we could have had a conflict about this, but instead I positioned it this way. You know, I understand that you may not know some of the truth of what we do. So I brought some statistics to share with you to help shed some light on what may be confusing you. And I did it in just that tone. I was coming alongside, even though I was madder than a hornet, my goal was for her to realize that what she had said wasn't true and not to do it again. And I I had to put aside my need to be right because being right was not going to accomplish the goal that I had established for myself. I wanted to get it right. And at the end of that conversation, she appreciated my professionalism. I could tell that. Uh, We never became close friends, but she never was going to take me on in a way like that again because she knew that I would come back and circle back to point out where she was not telling the truth. So I was comfortable with that. I was happy with that. We had a collegial working relationship for the entire time that we worked together. And what I want you to remember is that people that are difficult with you are difficult with others. She had a reputation with me in the organization. Other people felt the same way. I was not going to be the victim of her wrath because I was going to outsmart her on this. That was not going to be in a way where I had to be right. I had to set the emotion aside and come alongside her and help her understand where perhaps she had been confused. So, we opened with me talking about a client who was struggling with this. Eventually, this client got promoted into another role where her measurable performance couldn't be debated, and the team admired her and enjoyed working with her. And when she left, She wrote a letter to her boss that she never gave her, but that she needed to do for herself that explained, this is who I am. Unfortunately, this is who I saw you as. And this is who I became working with you. I became fearful, feeling threatened. And the letter was beautiful, And it helped her set aside all the anxiety, all of the anger she had for this person. She just basically blessed and released her. I'm moving on. You're still in your angry skin with your angry heart and soul and mind. And let's pray for this person. We hope that someday maybe she'll build her self-awareness, her ability to self-regulate her anger and her ability to self-accept with all of her imperfections, that she's okay too. Remain true to your character. You need not defend any untruth. Who you are consistently is far more important than what skills you have. You may borrow my belief in you until you can find yours again. If you are having a week where you're doubting yourself... Allow me to remind you that you have everything inside of you necessary to be anything you choose, to do anything you choose. You may not be able to get everything you want or do everything you want, but make no mistake, it's your choice to be everything you want. You choose to show up at your best or at your half best. You choose to be in alignment or not collaborative. You choose the negatives or to discern the magic between the shadows. This is the power we have. I believe in you. I know you have total control over your perspective. I know the world needs you in your zone of genius, not your cloud of doubt. I know sometimes it's hard. What if it was just hard, not over? I know you can be anything you choose to be. I want you to know you have the power to choose wisely, my friend. Wishing you that this week. Choose wisely. Hey, I want to share something with you that I'm doing now because my clients have requested it. It's called Epic Coaching. I have many clients that are either in retirement or or in their 50s and 60s and approaching retirement, and they're not sure what that will look like for them. They're not sure of their finances. They're not sure what their day will look like. They're not sure if the best years of their life are behind them. They're not sure if their children will want to see them. They're not sure if they're going to travel, where they're going to travel, or if they'll ever regret quitting the job in the first place, because that's where they had great fulfillment. So in Epic Coaching, it's a three-step process. First is reorienting yourself to who you are, not what you do we unravel and discover all of the things that you used to love to do that you haven't had time to do. We find those again. And then number two, I show you how to de-identify with the role that you've previously had. The one where you were successful and people listened to you and you were able to control a lot of things and you made great progress for the company that you worked for. But now it's time to focus on you making yourself happy with things that work for you outside of that role. So second phase is de-identifying with the role in the title. And the third is your ideal day. What will that actually look like? We will have that so finite that you will have no question of how you're going to have fun in this new epic phase of your life. So go on over to my website, MaryLeeGannon.com, Click on Epic Coaching. All of the details are there. It's six one-on-one sessions with me, unlimited email access to me, training specific for this program, a planner, all kinds of things that are going to set you up for excitement. I look forward to seeing you over there. I'm glad you were with me today, and I invite you to subscribe to this podcast and get any of my free publications at my website, maryleegannon.com, where you can also learn more about working with me.